Welcome to Franchise Voice, the International Franchise Association podcast with your host, Bill Meyerling, and I'm Jack Munson. Bill, good to chat with you again today. Great to be with you, Jack. Thanks so much. I'm glad today that we're joined by Tom Epstein, CEO and founder of the Franchise Payment Network, an electronic payment processing company dedicated to helping franchisors and their franchisees improve system performance, increase revenue, and reduce expenses. All good things. Uh, recently, the Franchise Payment Network is out with a new study about payment trends in the franchising industry. And, uh, you know, as recession is creeping up, payments are of interest to everybody. So, Tom, welcome to the program. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Franchise Payment Network and about your new study? Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, having us on today. And, uh, you know, uh, I started FPN about 16 years ago, uh, specifically to work within the franchise space. We work with about 220 or so different franchise brands in the U.S. and internationally. And uh, I've been a part of the International Franchise Association for all of that time and, and more in my previous life with another vendor. Uh, and so we've been just extremely close to what's going on in the in the payment space as it relates to franchising. And uh, we decided to run a little survey just before the IFA conference and get some uh, input from franchisors as to what they're seeing out in the industry. And uh, we're happy to share those, uh, those results with you guys today. So digging a little deeper into the, the overall survey, you know, what was the sample size? How representative of it uh, is it of uh, franchising writ large? Um, I don't have that number <laughs> readily available in front of me, but I know that we had sent the survey out to all of our clients. And then we also surveyed people as they came by the booth at the IFA conference. Um, so there was maybe 3,000 attendees there. Obviously, we didn't get every one of them on onto the survey, but... Um, I think our sample size was was pretty large when you think about, you know, the, the franchise community as a whole. And the other thing, it was pretty interesting is that we sampled franchisors of all different segments. So um, there are people in restaurant, people in service industry, um, people in salon industry. So we were looking at, at quite a quite a good variety of, of different respondents. Was there anything that really jumped out at you? Well, I think the, the biggest surprise was really the, the main question I wanted to ask people. And I was just honestly kind of shocked at the results that we got um, was all around surcharging. So, you know, traditionally you weren't able to pass, um, you know, the merchant fees on to customers in the United States until a few years ago. And, you know, mostly franchise chains and national chains themselves have been hesitant to even think about doing that. And, you know, in the past, when I've ever had a franchisor come to me and say, hey, what do you think? Do you think we should we should be thinking about doing this or not? You know, I, I've always been of the opinion, well, that's probably not a good idea. You don't want to be the first chain in, in your uh, vertical to be doing that. It could be a negative you know, connotation to the customer that, hey, you, you know, you're adding, you know, two or three percent onto the invoice to cover your merchant processing fees. So I was always under the impression that it was going to be rather small, but I, I wanted to be sure, and that's why we ran the survey. And 51.2% of all the franchisors that answered said they would consider or they would support passing that fee on to the consumer. And understand, this, is, this survey was taken back in February when, you know, 
we might have started seeing some um, nervousness around inflation and, and price increases and things of that nature. And supply chain certainly had started becoming a problem by then. But it's not like it was taken yesterday where we now know that, you know, inflation is over 8% and those sort of things. So we were already seeing, you know, merchants and franchisors looking at ways to, to, to handle, you know, and, and to increase their bottom line. And frankly, passing this fee on to the consumer is, is, was, was a surprise to me. Yeah, that's a surprise to me, too. And I would also um, guess that if you did the same survey today or perhaps in July of 2022, that, that number might grow significantly from now. I would think it would it would be in the 60 to 70 percent range at this point. You know, there are some, you know, types of businesses where it really just, you know, it, it's not significant enough to make that much difference. But, yeah, I think, you know, some of these guys that have, you know, really low margin and, and they're really, you know, the, you know, the, the man in the truck type businesses where you know, they're not making a lot on product. They're making it on the service itself, on the payroll hours of somebody doing a service with payroll costs going up and all that, you know, their margins are shrinking. I think those guys are the ones that are, are really going to be considering at first. What other findings uh, sort of jumped out at you? Um, I, I see a few things in here on, um, on different credit issues. And, and also I do want to get to uh, crypto payments as, as some, that's something that two or three years ago, we probably wouldn't even be talking about today, but here we are. Yeah, um, that was another surprise in my mind was the, um, the, the interest in crypto. Um, you know, a lot of people in the past have looked at, you know, Bitcoin and, and you know, the, the major cryptos like Ethereum as as investment tools. Obviously, if they're looking at their crypto bank account today, it's probably they're probably not thinking that. But um, they looked at it more as an investment tool and. I think more and more people are now looking at it as a potential tender type. We recently added it as a tender type to, you know, our mobile apps so that we could, um, customers could load their, you know, consumer wallets with uh, crypto as well as, you know, credit or debit or ACH or whatever they wanted to use. But we added um, that crypto feature too. But I think a lot of franchisors that we've spoken to who have already embraced it are looking at using it to take franchise fees. So those larger transactions. Mm. So if, if a franchisee wants to pay their $50,000, you know, initial franchise fee with crypto, I know several brands that are already um, allowing that to happen um, to, to ease that, you know, that, that burden of, of, you know, signing up to become a franchisee. Again, that's something that just blows my mind or, or would have blown my mind five years ago to even think about um, franchise fees being paid in crypto. But it's um, I, I think we're I think we're across the legitimate line and, and into um, a pretty sound business decision by some brands now. Would you agree with that? I think so. And, and I think that there are you know multiple experiments, if you will, going on out there where uh, people are really looking at crypto as a payment type, as a tender type now. Um, El Salvador went to um, crypto as a, as a national currency. And I saw the other day where um, another African nation has also done the same. And, you know, more and more people are looking at it as, as a real means of tender versus a, an investment type. 
and you know there's there's some there's some thoughts to the advantages of it as well you know just the ease of, of use you know not having to convert if you're in an international market but also the potential of you know using crypto at a point right now where it's low and you know potentially making more money in the future by just holding on to that transaction versus converting it to uh, fiat so I, I see this as, as something that's going to happen more and more, obviously, in, in the future is, is the use of crypto to, to buy things. And it could even be just an interesting branding experiment for a lot of the brands that you're working with as well, right? Where they're coming out and saying, we have some solutions to help you in pre or maybe during this, uh, this current recession that we're about to hit. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot... You know the brands that are doing it you look at their branding and and their culture and you know i think a lot of them are those brands that try to come across as young and hip and technology forward and i think that they do use that as kind of a branding thing to your point jack that hey you know we're a cool brand we're a young brand you know we're going to give you the a way to pay the way that you would like to um in a, in a very cool manner and uh I think that's a big part of it too, is, you know, maybe they don't see as many transactions as they would like, but they see it as, as a way to differentiate themselves. Thinking about the idea of crypto as a, a currency or a means of payment, it seems to me that that's kind of on the, the top end of the economic spectrum. Uh, but, you know, what other findings do you have in the, in the study uh, that talk about different ways that franchisors are, are looking at payment? You know, perhaps particularly for those who might not be able to afford what the service is at this exact moment in time. Yeah, so that that's a really good question, too. So we asked people about buy now, pay later, which seems to be getting um, a lot of traction lately. You're seeing a lot about it in the news. You're seeing a lot of uh, activity around, you know, companies buying and, and getting into that buy now, pay later space. And it's a little bit different um, take on, you know, consumer credit where, you know, the consumer would go in and, and qualify for X amount of dollars of credit and got an open to buy. They might have a uh, branded store account or something of that nature that they could, you know, they could buy on, ongoing as they pay their bill off. But buy now, pay later is really a transaction at a time where they're saying, hey, you know, I really do need to get this work done on my house or put a new roof on or to do this other thing that I want to do. And I'm going to be qualified by now, pay later for this one particular transaction. And that has been something that, that we're seeing a, a market increase on. And anytime you go online, you're seeing, you know, when, when you're making a purchase online, you see companies like Klarna and some of the others that have a link there that you can just apply for instant buy now, pay later credit. And we saw about 30% of the franchisors in, in the uh, marketplace were saying yes, that they would enable that um, in the future if, if, uh, if it were available to them. That's another uh, figure that really jumps out at me, Tom, that, uh, you know, basically a third of the franchisors indicated that they would be interested in buy now, pay later. Again, five years ago, I, I don't think that number would have even been in the uh, single in the double digits. Uh, but, you know, in the in the current climate, maybe uh, some franchisors are interested in, in finding some creative solutions for their customers. Yeah, I think a lot of them, you know, in the past have been reliant on consumer credit. So some of those bigger 
consumer credit companies and, you know, making those applications, you know, it was a little bit difficult and time consuming to, to close a deal with a, with a customer when you had to wait a couple of days to see if they qualified or not. Well, with the buy now, pay later situation, you know immediately whether that's going to happen or not, and you can close that deal right away. So I think that's something that um, is going to continue to gain traction. And honestly, I think that's being pushed by the younger people as well that are that are entering the you know the the space where they're trying to purchase things. They're they're just more comfortable with that as opposed to saying, "Hey, I'm going to apply for a credit card and be stuck with this debt forever." I think the the younger population is credit card adverse. They don't want to have um, long term debt. They'd rather have a time period on something and buy it and, and pay it off. You know, by that particular time period. Right. Maybe they saw what was happening with previous generations, including my own, uh, of people getting into trouble with credit card debt. Right. Yeah. Well, including their own. I mean, remember not. <laughs> yeah. Not too long ago, you know, that all the credit card companies got into so much trouble by going on campus and just giving, you know, kids credit cards and letting them run it up to whatever the max limit was that they gave it. And then these kids had no intention of ever paying it back, right? right. So it was a big right. problem. Right. Oh, I remember those guys on campus. And, and I would have to say, uh, you know, thanks for all of the great swag that they gave us at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and the pizza and beer you're able to buy with it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We appreciated it. Um, Tom, where can people get a copy of this uh, report? Is this something that you have available on your website? Is it something that you're sharing with customers at, at franchise events? Where can people see more of these findings? Well, this will be published in an uh, upcoming issue of uh, Franchise World. Uh, hmm. magazine and the article um, was referred to along with that uh, at the beginning um, so be looking for that I'm not a hundred percent sure maybe you can tell me uh, which issue I think it's coming up in the August issue in the September issue the September issue okay um, so you'll find it in there um, and then you'll see you know all these all these uh, data points will be um, revealed and, and discussed in that article any other things that you're working on or maybe trends that you're spotting in franchising for the second half of this year? We're just about ready to turn the corner into the second half of 2022. Things are changing rapidly. We've got everything from financial um, issues to a, a pretty big election coming up in a few months. Anything that you're working on right now with your clients and, and sort of pointing out saying this is something to keep your eyes on? Well, I, I do think that the biggest piece uh, that we're talking to clients now based on the survey is how do we help them meet those needs when they're talking about uh, a surcharge program and what's the easiest way to present it uh, both legally and what, you know, there's certain states that you have issues with that you got to work through or whatever. But, you know, as franchisees or you know, being pressed on both ends from, you know, the payroll costs going up and supply chains and everything else. They're really looking at different ways to, you know, resolve, um, you know, the profitability margins that, that they're being collapsed. So this is one way to do it. You know, no matter who you're with, you know, your merchant processing fees are probably that fifth or sixth, you know, line item on your P&L that, that you do have some control over and, and how you how you use it and how you work with it. 
Um, so we're trying to help them with that. Um, you know, and then just on a loyalty side of the business, just trying to, you know, communicate with your customers and make sure that you've got the larger share of the wallet, you know, if they're making a decision as to, you know, where to buy coffee or a sandwich or whatever it is they're doing, you want them to shop with you more often than not. So it's, it's all about gaining that customer loyalty. If they're going to shop less or have to spend more or whatever to, to get those goods or services, you want to make sure that you're the top of the mind, you know, when it comes to a brand with, the, with that consumer. Thanks so much for that, Tom. If people have other questions for you or they just want to learn a little bit more, where do you prefer to have people reach out to you? Well, I tell you that the easiest way to get me is probably the, the shortest email address to actually reach me is just buzzme, B-U-Z-Z-M-E, at pollinate, P-O-L-N-8, the number, dot com. That's the easiest one to remember, but you could also do Tom Epstein at franchisepaymentsnetwork.com. Or, Excellent. Yep. And we'll, we'll have both of those in today's show notes so people can reach you if they've got additional questions. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today, and we will see you at a franchise event real soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. And thanks to everyone for listening to Franchise Voice. We'll be back next week with more news and information from the International Franchise Association.